from the First and Second World Wars to current deployment of New Zealand soldiers around the world. Last year, the government announced that the PRT, Provincial Reconstruction Teams, in Afghanistan would be, over time, be withdrawn by April this year. In September 2012, Major Eugene Whakahoihoi returned to Aotearoa as part of that. Like many Māori soldiers, his identity is at the forefront of who he is. Um, Tainui Waka, um, so we're up from, um, from Hamilton away, uh, Waikato is the iwi, um, from um, Ngāti Wairere, the hapu just out of um, Kirikiriro, um, from the Hokanui Marae. So I'm from the uh, Fanos, the Pennies, the Hoopers and Te Amos, which are just on the outsides of uh, Hamilton. Kapai. So the, the name Whakahoehoe, that, that, that's Dad's? Yeah, that's um, Dad's side of the family. So he's from down in uh, Otorohanga, um, just out of Otorohanga. Um, he passed away uh, a few years ago uh, now. Um, yeah, from, but he's uh, Maniapoto, mainly. Waikato Maniapoto on my father's side. Kia ora. When did you know that, um, you know, the, the army what was for you as um, a career? Yeah, well, I, I came through um, Waikato University, um, did my undergraduate um, degree. So after that, I was looking for um, employment. Um, I had a look at different options around uh, Hamilton, but I had a look at a, uh, a career evening that was run out of, um, out of Hamilton. And uh, one of the... One of the careers that were being discussed was army, so I had a look into that, um, and probably towards the, the late nineties, I decided to join up. Um, joined up as an officer, direct, um, and then after completion of my initial commissioning course, I went and um, joined the infantry, which is uh, one of our combat corps within the New Zealand Army. So, when you were young, you weren't part of the cadet. No, no, never. I was never, never a cadet. Yeah. I wasn't very, wasn't at all interested in the army until after I, I graduated from university. So you would have been what in your early twenties? Yes. Yeah. That's right. And so nothing, you know, no long-term girlfriend at the time to kind of keep you grounded in Aotearoa. You just decided, yep, let's just go with this. Um, no, I did have a girlfriend. Um, she's now my wife. Oh well. Wow. Yeah. So um, she was a student as well at, at Waikato. So. With, um, although I've done a lot of travelling uh, over the years, I've had opportunities where I've been able to take my Fano um, with me as well, so it's, it's been pretty good. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, certainly in my case, and in my wider Fano's case, we know our, our grandfathers, great-great-grandfathers fought in the World War One or World War Two. Is that the case with you, Eugene? No, not in this case. Um, a lot of, um, I suppose if you go through history, especially where, when it comes to Waikato, um, our involvement in... And, and the New Zealand Army's being reasonably limited. Mm, I think yes. The guidance given out by um, Te Puya, yes. uh, very early um, last century, um, that's probably resulted in, in very few of, of my whanau uh, joining up in the military. Well, so you certainly set the trend, really, when it comes to the, the whakahoehoe whanau. Uh, you know. Yeah, there's a, there, there are a couple of us uh, across my whanau now. There's a few pennies that are in... in um, in the defence um, now, uh, it's I suppose the times have changed. There's a lot of opportunities now in, in the military for for everyone. So I saw it very early. Um, at the moment, it's, it's meeting my needs in terms of an enjoyable career. You know, the same can be said for some of my whānau that have joined up as well. 
Can you tell us about some of your overseas postings, please? Um, I understand uh, East Timor and Afghanistan yep, are your sure. recent postings. Yep, I've um, so I've done three deployments to um, East Timor um, in '99, 2001, 2006. Um, so I've generally deployed in um, platoon, company, command appointments. Last year I got back um, from a, a deployment to Afghanistan where I worked in um, Kabul, which is the capital. Uh, working within the um, the ISAF um, headquarters for a period of six months. Well, what does ISAF mean? Oh, sorry, the International Security Assistance Force, which at the moment is led by, I was at the time led by um, General John Allen, an American Marine. Uh, we still have uh, personnel over there, so I've just basically completed a six-month deployment there last year. You're posting in um, East Timor. There was political turmoil in an area called Dili. Can you tell us about about that posting? It was pretty. Um... Sure, that was um, probably 2006. I took a rifle company into Timor for just a period of six months. There, there were a few issues at the time, so um, our task was just to um, create a more stable environment for the. Um, peace process and for the government of um, Timor-Leste to get back on their feet. So it was, it was a challenging task. So I, I did enjoy it, despite the um, the number of challenges that were presented. Is it scary? Um, no, I wouldn't say it's scary. Um, when, you're, when you deploy, you've, you've spent a lot of time preparing yourself, so you have a good understanding of the nature of the challenges that you'll be facing. So as the challenges were presented. You, you sort of were quite familiar with ways of, of negotiating the challenge. So I wouldn't call it s- scary. Mm. Um, I thought that I was well prepared and so were my people that I was with. And I could probably say that for most of the deployments that I've been on where of the, the quality and the amount of training that you've done and education that you've done sort of sets you up really well to um, cope with the challenges and the um, I suppose, the uncertainty that, that exists in these environments. Do you have much to do or much um, contact, um, Major, in terms of working with um, the people on the ground floor, you know, the essentially the innocent folk that you come across in, in Kabul and East Timor and, and what those experiences taught you, if anything? Um, yeah, a different sort of... Um, the job that I had in ISAF headquarters... Uh, because I was working at the strategic level, the um, level of engagement that I had was mainly at the um, the ministerial um, or with the chiefs of staff for some of their services, such as their police and their armed forces. Um, I didn't have that much exposure to the, right. the average Afghan. However, from my Timor experience, you know, you're, you're on the ground on a daily basis, talking, engaging with the the um, the communities on a daily basis. So every deployment's different, um, you know. And every every time you do go away, uh, depends on what you do. You do engage with with the locals on a day to day basis. In two thousand and seven, you were uh, made officer in uh, New Zealand Order of Merit. Um, for that work in East Timor in two thousand and six. Um, a good feeling to get recognised, though, for the services that you've done in your deployments? Um, yes. Is, um, I think that that's just a reflection of the work. Um, it wasn't just me. I was just probably just 
the point at which they were able to, um, you know, to focus uh, their thanks, I suppose. But um, yes, uh, it was it was good. Um, I had to pass on most of that, you know, that acknowledgement on to my rifle company and all those that helped us get over there, and then more importantly, support us while we were there. So it was it was more about everyone then just focusing on me in that case. So Eugene, sorry, you were saying six months ago you came back from Kabul. Yeah, I got back in uh, September last year. What's the tension like? What's the feeling like um, in that last deployment? Okay, um, for myself, because I worked in um, ISAF headquarters, uh, I worked with how we would transfer the um, security responsibilities from ISAF uh, International Security Force, Assistance Force, um, to the Afghan um, security forces. So it was, um, you know, it was a challenging experience just understanding what was required for the Afghans to assume that responsibility and making sure that that they were ready um, and at the same time preparing ourselves to um, slowly draw down forces and... Um, Establish the next type of support that the Afghans would need to assist them um, from here forward. Mm-hmm. So, um, in terms of attentions, you've always got the the insurgents that there are, that are out there who are looking to undermine the efforts of the Afghan security forces and ISAF. Um, for us, it was is making sure that the insurgents didn't undermine our efforts and that we provided the best support that we could to the Afghans. So the delivery of security was both with, with um, by and through our Afghan brothers. What are the what are the um, physical and emotional pressures of your role as a, as a senior major in the army? Um, like today, you mean in New Zealand? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, um, physically demanding. I mean, when you come back from your deployment, do you feel like, do you have a rest? Do you physically just, you know, come down from all of that, mentally, emotionally, physically? I, um, well, for myself, you know, I come back and I get to spend uh, time with my whanau, which mm. is always good. Um, you know, it's revitalising. Um, so now it's it's business as usual for me. I balance my life with um, with my whānau and, and my work commitments. It's just like any other career um, out there. there you know, there's, there's some nuances which differentiate this career from anyone anyone else, but I think I've got a pretty normal type of lifestyle where I balance it between, you know, negotiating with kids, teenagers, and meeting the expectations, you know, of a wife and mm-hmm. everything else. So um, at the moment, physically, just, just keeping fit, which is your normal day-to-day thing in the military. Emotionally, you know, just it's just about you know maintaining your relationships with within Fano, your mates, and mm. just making sure that you know, that you sustain them. Yeah, so things are pretty normal, I think. Is it is it tough? Do you think? I mean, obviously you can't speak for your for your um, children or your or your wife, but is it? Do you think it's tough on them? And, and how do they cope? Oh, they they cope. Um, <laughs> they. Uh, they're quite used to it now yep. since, since I've not only been away a lot on operations, but no, I've been just away a lot just doing normal work, um, both in New Zealand and, and overseas. Um, but it's like every career where you've um, got heavy commitments. You've just got to make sure you strike that balance that you're um, committing and dedicating enough time to make sure that everyone in your whānau is happy. 
So I, I do put a lot of effort into into doing that. Mm. Um, and sometimes things fall over. You just got to make sure it's the right thing to fall over. And you know, there's there's lots of trade-offs on a day-to-day basis. Because I mean, you know, six months is a pretty long time to be away from the whanau. Yep, six months. Um, but now, you know, there, there's lots of different tools and devices out there now that that we can, you know, maintain contact. I used Skype quite a bit when I was over in Afghanistan. Um, letter writing quite a bit when I was over in um, in Timor a few years ago, and likewise with email. So the contacts there. I suppose it's before you even go, you make sure you, you know you prepare your family. Do you set pretty clear expectations of of how you're going to maintain that sort of contact? But you know, the, it's it's just one of those things that come hand in hand with with a career in the military. Eugene, you know, in in my role as a producer, um, just this morning I was listening to a lot of archival um, audio from um, the Māori Battalion, and you really get a sense of Fanongatanga. Um, you know, your fellow comrade, that real tight unit. Well, you had to be really with the Māori Battalion in World War Two. You had the penny divers, um, companies A, D, C and Company B. Is that sense of whanaungatanga, sense of comradeship prevalent today in, in the New Zealand Defence Force, and the New Zealand Army? It's an essential part and it still exists today. Uh, we can't get by uh, without it. Like we, um, you rely on your mates. So the camaraderie is a key part which enables us to do our job. Um, we're lucky we've got quite a, you know, uh, I won't say a high percentage, but there is a, a large proportion of Māori and Pacific Islanders within the Defence Force. They bring that element, which is now a strong part of our um, culture within the New Zealand Army. Um, and therefore it's, it's, we nourish it, we make sure we, we look after it, and, and we... You know, because it's so important for us to, that we look after our mates, we make sure that we put that into our training, that we make sure that we maintain it, just like any culture out there, uh, because we know that at the end of the day, this, the camaraderie, the whanaungatanga that exists within the Army is going to be one of those core elements that will help us get through those tough times. And we've seen that in the past with the, the Māori Battalion, with um, you know, many of our troops that are deployed in previous conflicts. You know, one thing that they'll probably all speak very highly of, or um, something that's been important for them, is, is going to be that camaraderie and just understanding how important mateship is in, in the defence force. Kia ora. Now, um, the haka that the army perform. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, what's it? Is it called te tumatanga? Is that? Is that what, is that what the haka is called, Eugene? Yeah, uh, so there's quite a few haka oh. um, across the defence force, um, and even within within army and uh, units. So you, you've just picked out army haka um, within the units. There's unit hakas as well. It's just like you know, if you look at haka across schools, mm. there's a haka for every school. Mm. Um, so the, the army and the defence force are no different. So there's there's quite a few, and um, we use them, you know, as appropriate when when we go overseas, when when we're just doing um, different sort of uh, engagements, both in New Zealand and abroad. So it's, it's it's quite a big big component of who we are today. Mm, kia ora. So Anzac Day, what what does Anzac Day mean to you? It's a time to reflect on those that have passed. So you know, just looking back. Uh, through our history, 
those who've um, sacrificed or made the ultimate sacrifice uh, in our previous conflicts. Uh, it's also a time for me personally just to reflect on some of our mates that have passed in recent years and also to think about some of our mates that are currently serving uh, overseas. We've, um, today we, we still have a strong contingent overseas in several parts of the world. So, you know, on Thursday, Anzac Day, 25th of April, I'll be thinking about those guys as well. Kia ora, Major Eugene Whakahoihoi nō Tainui Waikato.